your favorite toy truck nerds are back. Welcome to That Scale RC Show. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of That Scale RC Show, episode 106. I'm your host Travis along with my other host Adam and Jay. And how's everyone doing tonight? Good. Can't complain. How was Axial Fest? Axial Fest was fun. Um, basically... I guess if I could sum it up, it's like, I really got that vibe. Like we were, you know, like you were back at, um, Cisco Grove, like as far as like the camping, because you were at a venue where it was actually like known for camping, kind of like Cisco was, you know, obviously known for camping. It was a campground. So, uh, this place was super clean. Uh, the owners are super friendly. They're, they're all about the people having a good time. And I mean, they're, they were, you know, like really, down to earth uh, when it came to like, even like the, um, like the awards and raffles. So the awards and raffle, you pre- they pretty much happen every night, um, Thursday night, Friday night and Saturday night, just so that way it breaks it up now. And, uh, it's been that way, I think since Donner, but for anybody listening who didn't know about that, that's kind of how it goes now. And, uh, it was pretty cool. The one night, um, they were calling the kids tickets and, uh, I guess they called the ticket and the girl was so excited. She started running up there that she had dropped the ticket. Oh, and, oh, you know, no. and I mean, people were trying to find it. They couldn't figure out where it went. Like it just disappeared. The owner just was like, I ah, give it to her. I'll give you an, he goes, I'll, I'll buy another rig right now to give away. So just, just give it to her. We'll give another one. You know, I mean like just right there on the spot, boom, we'll do it. You know, like didn't even care. Like just like was throwing out rigs left and right. It was, it was crazy. So, uh, um, even, uh, which I missed this one cause it was Saturday night. So we, I had already left, um, rich Trujillo, um, he gave away his personalized SCX six for operation 11, Charlie to, um, to raffle off. Oh, wow. So yeah. So there was two raffles Saturday. Uh, one was a custom SCX, um, SCX 10 three, uh, all, all Tekken, you know, electronics and all that really nice paint job. And then the other one was Rich's six, which had his signature, the green flames on it. So it was, it was pretty badass. So there's a lot of cool things going on. Of course, Javier was out there. So I got to hang out with him for a little bit. Um, just kind of like shoot the shit, talk about what's going on, just catch up. Cause I literally haven't seen Javier since last Axial Fest when it was at Donner. Um, the trails, uh, it was, it was back to the really easily, um, what's the word? Like 
everything just flowed. So you went from A, A ended, B was right there, or you could go back to camp or, you know, keep going. And then C was right there. Like it brought back, like I said, the whole Cisco thing where like when you came out of, um, you know, one trail, it just right up to the next. And yes, there may not have been a, a ton of natural, you know, slabs to crawl kind of like a Donner. Cause I do got to say Donner had some epic terrain when it comes to crawling, but, um, there was, they stepped it up knowing that, Hey, we're not going to have this, you know, natural terrain to crawl. So let's come up with some new obstacles. So there were these tree rounds that they, you know, had wired together. So it was like a suspension bridge out of these tree rounds. And that was part of a course. There was this one where it looked like they took like old ratchet straps or tie down straps and somebody had sewn them all together and made this big old suspended bridge. And then at the end of it, there was like this cart on a weighted pulley system. So you would drive the suspended bridge, get on that cart. The cart would roll down and then you would, um, and then you'd go off and then the weight of the, you know, whatever that was, the weighted part underneath would fall back to the ground. The gravity would take over and it would pull the cart back up to the top for the next person. The next person gets on, goes down, vice versa, just keeps doing that over and over and over again. So, um, stuff like that was pretty cool. Cause you know, they, somebody took the time to, you know, set all this up, come up with all this and, you know, make it fun for everybody else. So, uh, yeah, like I said, ton of fun. Um, if I had any complaints, it was, I was kind of looking forward to, they, they, I forget how many trails they had. I think they said they had like 10 or 12, I want to say, and there was about a hundred gates each. And then there was supposed to be a specific, um, one twenty fourth scale trail, which I missed. I don't, I wasn't hundred percent sure where that was at or if there even was one, but I heard there was supposed to be one. And then the SCX six trail. Now I was looking forward to that because I wanted to take the SCX six out and we went out. It was a uh, me, Elio and Michelle's dad. And man, we, we started out and we're like going through everything. And we're just like, you know, all the other trails have chewed up ruts, chewed up, tree bark on you know obstacle trees or you know logs you're supposed to be going over this one was like pristine like nothing has touched it yet i'm like are we the first ones on this trail and we're going through and so they brought you up on these fallen logs and you're supposed to make these turns and i mean it was just like uh it was hard i mean like you know like you couldn't make the turn like we had to pick the rigs up and do it and it was just kind of one of those things where like who set this trail up? You know, like, did you even drive a six through this or did you, you know, just think like, Oh yeah, this looks good. And Oh, we think we made it wide enough, but yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So that was really my only complaint. Um, they had food on site that was amazing. Um, they had a bar on site, which I think a lot of people, you know, I call it the, the lemming effect, you know, they hear, that oh you know this this venue is so strict they don't want you bringing outside alcohol well if you actually read any of the signs when you were there there was multiple places like the bar area where it said no outside alcohol on this you know premises meaning 
they don't want it there where they're selling alcohol. They don't want you bringing in your own stuff and using their, you know, pavilion, you know, bringing in your own stuff. There was plenty of people at their own cars at camp drinking whatever, you know. Um, I do got to say a lot of people had koozies over their cans because they were kind of like freaked out. But I never saw one person get kicked out because they were drinking a beer at camp. So, I mean, I think that was just one of those, you know, like everybody else just, Oh, I heard, I heard, I heard. And it's like, until you're out there doing it or you get to experience it, you shouldn't be putting any kind of judgment on the event online for other people to read. Cause you know, you weren't there. So all in all, it was a great time. Um, you know, I can't wait till next year. Um, it was just, like I said, it was a blast. You know, and then there was actually it was it was pretty cool. Um, while we're still on this topic, there was a um, there was a family who came out from Montana, and this was their first Axial Fest. They said every year they were all they they got into RC in like twenty, I want to say eighteen or nineteen, and they caught wind of Axial Fest, and they said they they kept telling themselves every year we're gonna go, we're gonna go. Finally, they said this year they made it out there, and they said it was like the best fun, like fun they've ever had in their life. So, it's kind of cool to see people go to this being your first one, not experiencing the other two venues, and being able to say you had that much fun. Yeah. And then, um, awesome. yeah, that was you know that was about it. Um, Lastly, I do got to say that probably the SCX six attendance was pretty low because me, Elio and Todd were the only ones who had any kind of a custom SCX six and we all podium. So it was like, there really wasn't, you know, like much competition. Did you see many out on the trail at all or just, nope. Just- we saw a couple people buying them because I guess horizon had some deal if you bought a car and a charger, they gave you two batteries, I think. That's pretty cool. So, because I know um, a buddy of mine, he, it was funny. I was ta- I was talking with, um, with some of the MKS guys. Well, the only other two MKS guys that were there. And we were talking and uh, all of a sudden I hear, hey, Adam, what's up? And I turn around and I'm like, Oh shit, dude! I didn't even know you were here. And he's got a six in his hand with a with a charger on top. And I'm like, dude, you just love spending money. He goes, well, I thought it was a pretty good deal. He goes, I bought the car and the charger, and I got these two like six thousand milliamp batteries for it. And I'm like, eh, yeah, that's probably a pretty decent deal because I guarantee you that's probably about another two, almost three hundred dollars in batteries. Yeah, no kidding. Batteries so, are expensive. Oh. <laughs> which I'll add to that too. So, so for the first time in my entire RC career, life, whatever you want to call it, I finally had batteries split open on me while charging. That's sketchy. So, I was it, so I was getting ready to head out and you know, I told Michelle, I said, I'm going to put these batteries on the charger. I'm going to go hop in the shower. By the time I'm done showering and get the truck all loaded up, batteries should be ready to go. Cause I said, I just didn't want to do it at 1130, 12 o'clock at night when we get to Auburn. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So I have them on the charger. 
load up the truck, yada, yada, yada. Next thing you know, I, I go back out to go check on the batteries and, and the one battery was super puffy. The other battery was like split open, like a hot dog down the middle. And I was like, I just like my jaw hit the ground. I was like, holy crap. So I ran over, went to unplug it. And when I went to unplug it, the battery was super hot. Like I was like, what the hell? So I just kind of like immediately freaked out. I was like, before this thing starts going up in smoke, I, I ran back outside, grabbed the closest bucket I had, filled it up with water, ran back and just threw the batteries in there and then put a lid on it and said, I'll deal with this when I get home. Yeah. I was just like, like, yeah, it was, it was crazy, but I do got to say those two batteries were two very old 2200s and, uh, they were back from the CKRC days when they had their in-house brand next level. So they were two next level 2200s. And now I'm like, okay, they're gone. Wow. Yeah. I finally got rid of a bunch of old ones that we had here. Cause I mean, God, I had some batteries that were from 2011, 2012, like still worked and stuff. And then found some others that were starting to puff. So I just, if thing was even remotely puffed, I just started tossing them. It's just, I'm too sketched out about it to take any risks now. Well, see, and now that's kind of how I'm getting, like, I'm starting to get a little nervous with all, like, I'm looking at some of my other batteries that are all puffed out. And so I'm just like, "Uh, okay, I think it's about time to start, uh, you know, phasing out some batteries and getting some new ones. Yeah. It's just expensive to replace. Oh no, it's, it's very expensive to replace. And not only that, like, which is probably something we should talk about on this uh, on the show one of these days is the proper way to dispose of these batteries. Cause you know, you can't, you're not supposed to just throw them in the trash, you know, and walk away. Well, so since we're kind of on the subject here, um, I've got this big bucket outside of salt water for disposing of batteries. You know, I just, I usually just cut the connector off of them and then toss them in the water. And, uh, when I was, taking some stuff to the landfill the other day i asked him you know it's like so what do we do with lithium batteries and stuff they said well we've got like a hazardous waste bin for stuff like that and i was like all right cool you know how much is it to throw them away and they said it was free so i mean chances are your local like landfill or transfer station will let you dispose of old lipos for free so there's really you know not much reason to just roll the dice and throw them in the trash or anything like that when they'll take them. So yeah, I find that that's one of those things that a lot of people figure something out the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know this was a problem, you know, until the garage burns down. We've all seen it happen. I mean, we've all known people that have had lipo fires. Oh yeah. I see it all the time. I mean, you had a, did you have an ESC or a lipo fire at JNS that time with your Kyosho? No, <laughs> no, that was a, that was a uh, motor induced ESC fire. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was out of the battery. Cause I remember David Adams had a battery explode on the track with his eight scale buggy. And then you had something happen to yours. Yeah, no, mine was, um, the team Orion motors that I had in, in uh, my eight scale. That's it, right. The shaft was exposed on both sides and the shaft started migrating out of the back of the motor off the magnets until it seized, <laughs> which then, you know, 
burnt the ESC up. Dude, I haven't seen Orion stuff in so long. Because it's not, it's gone. Are are they done now? (sighs) Yeah. I mean, I figured with like the whole Firma thing or whatever, Forma or whoever they were. That yeah, they killed was, they killed the brand to, to sink a bunch of money into the Performa thing. Spent a money, like a ton of money on that. Didn't do anything with it, and then like that. That's not even a. That's not even around anymore, is it? I mean, no, because the guy who pushed for it to happen left. <laughs> so they sunk they sunk Orion, they made that, and then nothing materialized, and then he bailed anyways. Was that Rana Falk that you're talking about or a guy that worked there? Uh Adrian Bertine. Oh, but okay. It was because of Rana Falk that he left. Where so where did he go? Did he go to JQ's new thing? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Learn something new every day. Yeah, Orion took a real hit when Pillars was no longer the U.S. guy, so. Yeah, because, I mean, that was, like, the electronics to have if you were a Kyosho driver. It was, I mean, it was the, the electronics to have if you were anybody. Yeah, that's You either true. had that or Reedy if you were an associated guy, and that was it. Like, yeah. those were, those, like, they owned the staples with, like, a couple sprinklings here and there. There may have been someone running Tekken. There may have been somebody running Viper, but otherwise it was them. And then, you know, things happen. Well, now Tekken pretty much has every fast electric driver on their roster. Yeah. Which is cool. That's impressive to see. Crazy. Things are always changing in RC all the time. You don't have a lipo bag. Get a lipo bag. Yeah. They're not very much money. It's well worth it. Always charging them. I even Always keep extra them. batteries in them in my backpack now. Like when I go somewhere on the trail or something, I throw them in a lipo bag even for my backpack. Just because you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm pretty much the only way I'll take anything anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and it's funny because that's kind of how you know I am. You know, when I'm on the trail too, like I do the same thing. I make sure that like I have a lipo bag slash safe for my backpack, just so that way I can, you know, store it more safely than you know just throwing something in your backpack where you never know. You know, you could have something in there that touches the two, um, you know, leads and creates an arc and you have an explosion in your backpack so, that would suck <laughs> that would suck so bad well and i so, already told you adam and i i think i had told trav too but i mean i was even charging a 124th battery for my little enduro 24 and i had the usb charging cord plugged into a uh, white like apple iphone plug-in and yep. Just a couple minutes later, the leads going from the USB adapter to the battery started catching on fire and smoking. So, I mean, it's like you're, you're kind of not safe with anything. Yeah. Well, the other reason why I said that, you know, about like the last part with, you know, 
arcing is because there was a guy that I, like when I first got into crawling, he was local to me and I, I used to go crawling with him. And that guy was like the definition of what not to do in RC. <laughs> he would never have, he would never have the, the, um, the heat shrink for the wires. Like when you're doing battery stuff, like when you'd switch out the leads and all that, or switch out the connectors to like a Dean's. So it'd just be raw, you know, just two solder bubbles at the end. And you're just like, dude, in the one time he went to grab it and his, his wedding ring touched the two together and shocked the shit out of him. <laughs> and he was like, Oh damn it. And I'm like, well, dude, you haven't like, where's the, like, where's the heat shrink. He just got, I mean, at least use like, um, what's that stuff? Liquid tape and like dip it, you know, make it yeah. some sort of, you know, <laughs> Oh, funny. Yeah, they're scary stuff. But, yep. So what have you been working on? Like, have you been doing anything car-wise? Like, we haven't really talked about, like, projects in a long time. So, realistically, and I, I mean, I already looked at some of the questions. So I don't want to, like, totally spoil this answer. But um, it's really been the SCX six, that was like my push to get that done for axial fest. Cause I was so afraid I was going to keep doing like what I always do work, 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 work all the way up till I leave and go, I got nothing done. So I was like, you know, and, and, and I'm not like some of the other people I know, which I will not name names, but if you follow on social media, you will know who take like the week off before work or before axial <laughs> fest to just work on rigs. Um, you know, I don't do that. You know, I, I, my, my career now and like the work I do, I ha I'm at work 24 seven. So, um, anyway, so I've been just working on the six, like I had to, I had to paint it. I had to get the sound system in there. Um, Elio did a lot of the hard work, you know, like a lot, I don't think a lot of people realized what went into making that into the Cadillac. So that Cadillac body was two inches. The wheelbase was two inches shorter than a standard six. So what Elio did, which is kind of like just taking our, you know, knowledge of what we used to do with the 10th scale platform and we just applied it to the six scale. So he didn't want to mess with the front, like, a word of advice, if you ever want to mess with your car and change the wheelbase or whatever, I highly recommend leaving the front alone because all the geometry works, all the, all the steering works correctly. You don't get bump steer. You get none of that. Do everything in the back. All just, it makes life so much easier. So I guess what he did was he shortened because the SCX six, I'm not kidding, is literally a carbon copy of a 10th scale, um, SCX 10, three, like the chassis is the same design. Everything's the same design. So it's got that adjustable skid. So he, he, um, he shortened the skid as low as it could go. Um, and then he chopped almost two inches out of the rear links. So they got short stubby. Like I'm not kidding. Those links in the rear of that truck are only about three inches long. If that, Oh wow! like they're really short. So he cut them and rewelded them back together crazy well because he just couldn't like i told him which i still may do i don't know yet 
I told him I would have taken whatever the, the material that they use for the links and I would have just made my own. Yeah. Just, you know, tap them down. But he said it was just that they're so massive and that they taper them down to do, a, I think, a five millimeter. I think they're a six millimeter link and they tape, tap them down to a, or like taper them down to a five. And, um, yeah, so I just, yeah, he said it was easier if you just do it that route. So I said, all right, whatever. So he did it, uh, shorten the rear drive shaft, but I mean, everything works great. I mean, that car works. And the funny thing is a lot of people, they look at, um, like they looked at the car and they'd be like, dude, that thing looks so nice as a, as a Cadillac, you did a you know, really good job, blah, 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 blah. And then you go, yeah, you know, we had to cut the wheelbase and they're like, really? And they're looking at it. Then they look over it like a, a standard wheelbase and they look back at it and they're like, well, I guess if you look at it now, you can tell that it's been shorter, but now it's all proportional. So it looks right. Like it doesn't look like you, you know, butchered it. So, I, I couldn't tell. I mean, I, I didn't know that you did any of that until you just said it at first yeah. glance. I never noticed. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I mean that it, like I said, there was a lot of work went into it, but like, I just had to pretty much tidy everything up, you know, he did the fabrication, mounted the body and that was pretty much it. I had to repaint the body because that body was so sun faded that it, you could, when you peeled all the stickers off, you could see the original color and everything else was so light. I was like, Oh, it just looks like crap. So, um, what else? Um, and then I, like I said, I had to put the interior in. Um, I did a little decoration to the interior because my whole thing was I was kind of like when I do some of these builds, especially like, okay, it's a Cadillac. Okay. What, you know, Cadillac is supposed to be a more luxury car, you know, kind of like I was trying to play off of like a luxury meets like wrapper kind of thing. So like, and purple's the color of royalty. So I did, um, I got this like purple, like velour suede stuff at Joanne's and I put it on the dash. So it's got a purple dash. I did the headliner. So the headliner's got the same stuff in it. Um, I took my, my purple fine tip Sharpie and I followed the, the bead all or whatever you want to call it on the, on the seat. So it had, so it looked like it had purple, you know, tubing all around the seats. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, just went to town and that's kind of why you saw, like, if you see any of my pictures, the only thing I wish the guy who made the sound system, I wish he did not. I wish the lights were on like a separate power source, which maybe if I, uh, I don't know if I get brave enough, maybe I could peel the fabric off and look in there and see if there's a way to pull it off. It's just that as soon as you put a battery on it and turn it on, it, um, it light it, the lights come on. So I just have it preset for purple just so that way that just lights up purple, but there's no way to turn it off. So even in the middle of the day, if you're listening to music in there, it's going to be on. So you're just full disco all the time. Pretty much. Yeah. I was actually yeah. flipping through Instagram and I'm watching a video. You driving that thing right now. Yes. Yeah, so the, em the emblem on the tailgate looks really nice. Like that's a cool body. That's the toy that I didn't do anything. I literally wow. took my time and I masked that off so I could paint everything. But I mean, yeah. So what'd you do for an interior? Is that the interior that came with it? 
that's the interior that came with it. And so that's what was funny. So when it was up at Elio's, so he chopped the back off, which had like that fit, that stereo system back there. And all it was, was one like two inch speaker, inch and a half, two inch speaker, four fake ones that were about an inch. And then these two little amplifier things like that just lit up. There was LEDs underneath them. So he works with a guy who was like, dude, I'm all into like miniature audio. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, I can make, he goes, dude, don't throw that thing out. I can make that functioning. And he goes, get out of here. He goes, no, dude, I'll fully make it functioning. So he gave him that thing. He reamed out all the fake speakers, took out the real speaker, put a new speaker in there, put four little like three quarter, one inch speakers in the other holes, did all this fiberglass work to it, airbrushed it like this purple with like this, like lightning detail, which I feel bad because you can't even really see unless you like stare through the window. And it's actually got three knobs on the one side of the thing in the back. So you can actually adjust your bass, treble and volume through the speaker. And then he put a little three quarter tube um, before he fiberglassed it and put um the the speaker fabric on the bottom so that big that big speaker is actually ported like a subwoofer so that thing certain songs just slap when you're out of that car it's hilarious like i was like dude it was there's a couple songs like like when like when elio was recording like i had no clue well and i i didn't know he was going to be posting all that like i thought he'd like edit out some of the stuff but i'm like I'm listening. I'm watching some of his his videos, and I'm like, going, dude, I can't believe how loud that thing sounds in videos. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd ever get into six scale. I think just because of lack of options for bodies, for the most part. Well, okay. So it's funny you brought that up. I was kind of saying the same thing until I stumbled down and you can thank Scooter Scott for this. I stumbled down the, the one six, one fifth rabbit hole. So he invited me to this group called one fifth slash one six new bright bodies or something like that on Facebook. Dude, there's a guy who's got this lot and he's got, I don't know, like 25 cars that he said all are up for sale, depending on quality, rareness, blah, 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 blah. But you're looking about roughly, you know, Two two fifty per body. I mean, he's got F one fifties. He's got the Cadillac. He's got uh, Yukon Denali's. He's. Got, I mean, like, there's bodies I didn't even know existed that he has. Wow. Yeah, that'd be kind of neat to check out. Wonder how long before Proline starts making them. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I'm I'm wondering if Proline will, and I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. You never know. But I mean, it. What's crazy is the six actually is. It's not taking off the same way that the the one twenty fourth scale is taking off, but it is getting enough traction that that you know, Axial's noticing. Like they're looking. Like I mean, when they pulled all three of our rigs out of the concourse to look at them, they were actually kind of blown away. They're like, "You guys did this with a six scale? Like this is crazy." That it is pretty cool. I mean, it's not something that you normally see. Usually, like the bigger rigs are just kind of stock body, and that's it. Nobody really goes nuts on them. What about the driving thing, though? Because that was always our feedback was like, well, you know, we're going to drive it. Yeah. Where do you take the thing? 
once you like now that you've kind of gone out and done it more like do you still feel like that that's that's a fairly valid call out or was it easier than you thought it'd be so it, it can be challenging like if you go to certain places you're like this this obstacle looks too small then it's like oh this is like a big ass boulder you cannot climb that um yeah there can be some areas that make it hard to crawl that place I was going to say, unless they change up some things with like the SCX6 trail, it's really not designed. I mean, we pretty much just tooled the thing around through the the um, vendor row and stuff and just kind of goofed off. Like we didn't really dr- drive them, drive them. Um, I mean, I've found places like, you know, you think like, oh, this thing won't work here. And then you drive it and you're like, whoa, this thing actually, you, there's lines. You can do it. You can crawl this. And, and the thing is it actually moves so much more realistic, like a one-to-one car that just watching the way the suspension works and how it like goes over stuff. It's, it's, it's a trip. Like it changes like your whole perspective on large scale crawlers. Cause I was always like in that mindset, like, Oh, a large scale crawler, just a bigger thing that you got to tote around a bigger thing to try and find places to crawl, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm kind of like, you know, this thing's pretty badass. Like sometimes I just like, almost like when I had the, um, or I still have it, but almost when I first got the Yeti junior can am, you just like want to sit there and stare at it. Cause you're just like, this thing looks so cool. Like it's just, you know, cause it's different. So that's kind of like where my mindset is now. All right. Fair. So well, that's cool. But yeah, so I mean, that's so back to what we originally were talking about. So building the SCX six, that was my first. I've been gathering parts um for the ninety-four replica build. Uh that one is, you know, still in the parts gathering, still uh, I guess you could say phase. Um Twisted Fab. Uh, on instagram sent me some parts for the leaf springs to kind of mock up so i need to start at least doing like layout on the frame and all that stuff so i can get him his parts back because i haven't talked to him about that in a while so i probably should reach out and be like hey i didn't forget about it um but uh that and then my class two crawler um that's really close to being up and running i actually put the motor and transmission or motor and ESC in it. The other day I ordered another, um, uh, receiver for it. So, um, that should be getting close to up and running and testing that out. But yeah, that's about it. That's all I've been working on. What about you guys? Kind of just tying up loose ends. I got, Travis's Bronco done for the most part. Um, I'm getting down to the final like home stretch here of the Operation 11 Charlie Ecto. I've got it painted and I'm in the middle of doing decals right now. And then after I do that, I'll start doing the interior and the little cage pieces and some of the detail stuff. And then it's pretty much ready to go. Um, I don't know. I've been kind of nerding out with drift car type stuff built a Lamborghini for our one of our uh, universal decal kits to show it off so interior showed up for that today so I get to mess around and try and get the interior put in it and stuff so I notice that unicorn bodies are going to be in stock pretty soon some clear ones so I'll probably do a 
interior and a scale build with the unicorn body at some point soon. So I don't know. That's really just about it. Once the Operation 11 Charlie Ecto is done, I'll move on to our Forerunner because by then my 3D printers ought to be done with the jobs that they're currently on. Then I can do all that new Night Customs Forerunner stuff for the, our giveaway build, which would be cool. Now that there's a actual 3D printed interior, we won't have to mess with the Lexan one. And there's some nice looking fender flares and a new front end that's cut to work with the fender flares. So, um, nice. yeah, it actually worked out pretty good to where, you know, that thing's going to be in a lot better because of procrastinating as it turns out. So that'll be cool. I'm kind of excited to get that thing done. Oh, and then while it's still fresh in my mind, Jay. If I had a dollar for everybody who complimented me on the Capra wrap, they were like, <laughs> people would walk up to that and be like, dude, this paint job is so sick. And I'm like, that's not paint. And they're like, it's not paint. And I'm like, no, it's a wrap. And they're like, how did they get the flake in that? And I'm like, I don't know. I said, I don't know how he did his, his you know, sorcery, but I said, it came out, it came out really cool. And I said, I love it. So yeah. And to play with that stuff again, it's just so thick. Like trying to get it to cut all the individual pieces is so hard to do. Well, okay. I don't want to, I don't know if, you know, tell me if you don't want to talk about it on the show, but isn't that the machine that died? Uh, Yeah, but I can use it on the Gerber stuff too. Cause I just turn those sheets sideways and run it through the laminator. And so I just do like 15 inch wide by like 24 inch chunks when I'm printing with it. So it's just hard to get the machine dialed in to cut it because it's not like where you could, the old machine, you could feed a sheet of vinyl into it and you could like adjust the pressure and do test cuts until it cut all the way through. Well, the machine that we have now as nice as it is, it doesn't do stuff like that. So pretty much like you just ruin whatever you send through if you don't know the cut pressure the first time around. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it kind of sucks. It gets expensive trying to figure it out. And I have a feeling that that stuff's probably pretty hard on equipment too. Cause I mean, it's like, I forget how many mil thickness it is, but it's pretty, pretty substantial vinyl. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of up in the air as to what I'm going to do with the rest of that. But it is a neat effect. I mean, it looks sick out in the sunlight and stuff. But aside from that, it's, kind of a lot of hassle yeah actually it was funny because i think bob tarvin never knew that that was a wrap and like he was like dude i love that rig dude he goes every time you bring it out i just love the way it sparkles he goes you did a killer job on that paint job and i'm like or no he said whoever did that paint job did a killer job i said that's not paint and he goes how did and he just couldn't believe it he's like i just i'm just mind blown how you get flake in a wrap and i'm like i don't know but he was talking to me that I need to now, instead of the way I have the helmets painted in the Capra, he says, I need to, um, I need to repaint those and put flake on them. So it matches. That'd be cool. He told me all this. I'm gonna have to hit him up. He told me all the parts to use. Um, he said there was some proline paint that's, um, like flake. So I just, Oh, that's good. I probably, I just probably have to hit him up. You know, uh, on the subject of paint, like I do so many bodies on a pretty regular basis, you know, like anytime we have like a new product or something out, you know, usually there's kind of a body that's 
been purchased and done up to kind of go hand in hand with whatever that product is we're releasing. So I'm always painting and always, you know, doing up bodies. And I really wish that like, especially to me, like that it would be awesome if they would do it, but like just update their colors, you know, like Tamaya's had like the same blah colors for I don't know how long and Proline their stuff is like they're getting some decent looking colors but it's all airbrush specific like I would really like rattle cans in just some newer colors you know like Toyota's cement gray and that sand color and some of these crazy greens that we've been seeing it it just I feel like their stuff needs an update because it's just been like the same shit for the last 10 years you know well just no new colors What's funny that you bring that up, what they actually need to do is they need to both directions. They need to take, because if you actually look at their non-Lexan paint, the aerosol cans they have, they have a shit ton of colors that are badass, but you can't use them on Lexan because it's not going to last. It's meant for hard plastics. So they need to take those colors and make them polycarbonate. So that way you could use them for Lexan. And then they need to take some of the Lexan colors and make them for your hard plastics. So you could, you know, guys that are like, Hey, I want a lime green. They don't offer it in the hard plastic, but they got it in the polycarbonate. You could use it and, you know, and vice versa. They got some really cool, like a battleship gray, but you can only get it in the hard plastic. Well, I was told that you can use the Tamiya Matte Clear as kind of like a uh, bonding agent. You use that, and then supposedly you can just spray whatever paint you feel like over it. I did that on that red, white, and blue little Bronco body for the monster truck, and dude, it still flaked off. Like I just, I have such weird hit and miss luck with different paints. I mean. Like the Lambo turned out perfect, absolutely perfect. Okay. I used 2X on it. I used um, the Duplicolor adhesion promoter, which I'm really, really happy with right now. I've had really good luck with it. But then, like the white Ecto body for the Operation 11 Charlie giveaway, dude, I've had to like repaint and touch that thing up three different times just during like the process of cutting it out and stuff and putting it together. Like it'll, I'll, think that the paint's fine and cured and then i'll hit it with like matte clear and then it'll wrinkle the hood and nowhere else or it'll wrinkle one spot on the roof and the rest of it's fine like dude i have sanded that thing down and repainted it probably two or three different times now and then like touched it up on top of that i mean it's just been a nightmare from the start but then like the lambo is super super easy you know and like i've put like tape and uh double-sided tape for the magnets that hold the body on and i've had to pull those off and reposition them and that paint's bonded on there perfect but yet the ecto it would flake off like if you would even use a body reamer it would just take all the paint off around that area i mean just so so frustrating i just i wish you know like you said they need to just update their polycarbonate colors because that would be really nice yeah no i agree i mean it'd be nice to have you know like you said some more colors yeah, like that Toyota's TRD blue, like that voodoo blue or whatever they call it. That's awesome. That would be a really neat one. Um, that crazy TRD, like lime green metallic that they use, that would be a really neat one. I mean, there's just so many rad colors out there. I've just, somebody needs to step it up. Yeah. 
Oh, well. I agree. I mean, and that's the other thing too. I mean, somebody else I'm sure could probably chime in, you know, on our page or whatever, you know, maybe they'll think we're nuts or crazy or whatever, but I mean, there's, um, there's, uh, other brands. Like I know Duratrax has some paint. Um, what's the other brand? I have their Chrome paint spastics. Spastics, Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's some other brands. It's just, I think, you know, to me, it just becomes like the go-to staple because every, you know, um, hobby shop carries it. Well, it's really good paint too. Like yeah. it, when that, when those cans are warm, like that stuff atomizes so nice. I mean, it's just the best, the best like paint jobs I've done has definitely been with like, to me, a rattle can stuff. Oh, there's a new release we didn't talk about. That was Proline's new Toyo Open Country tires. Yeah, it's funny you brought those up because it's like they came out with those tires, which are nice, but then they came out with the crawler specific or crawler element 71 Chevy, and it's just like, what are Dude, you that doing? that body is so terrible. I mean, it's like, I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it for somebody like, they're trying to make it for somebody who, you know, wants to get into that, like, hey, I want to build a, uh, a performance-based rig, you know, kind of like if they're going to throw a cliffhanger or like the power wagon body on it, but they want to run yeah. something else. I get what they're trying to do, but I think they just missed the mark a little bit. It looks so dumb trying to do full sizes. I mean, just why? But they got the tires right. I mean, that part was cool. They were four point, what is it? 4.45. Like that's a great size. And I mean, the tread pattern looks kind of cool, but I, I think like an MT would have been a little bit better, but whatever. I would, I do agree with you. I wish they would have went with the MT. It's a much more iconic, you know, everyone knows the Toyo Open Country MTs. Everybody knows yeah. those tires. They're, you know, very, it's a very common tread pattern. I mean, the Cooper STTs before they went to the STT Pro, those are similar pattern. I think a Turo's got a similar pattern tire. Um, I mean, it's just a, it's just a yeah, the trailblade looks kind of like these don't. They? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, but to pick the RT, I mean, the RT They're is not something bad. I mean, the size yeah, is good. The, the RT is something you would throw on your, um, you know, your, your crawler hauler or like your Sen F450, you know, like you're not, yeah. it's not really something that somebody picks and says, I'm going to go hit some lines. Like, I mean, got to give it to them. They're giving a, you know, an option that wasn't there, but they're yeah. really scale looking. Like it's probably one of the more scale looking tires pro lines done with like all the sidewall detail and stuff like that. And the way that they did the lettering and everything with like the grooves inside. I mean, they did a really nice job on it. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like just another choice for people that like the BFG, um, the all terrains that Proline sells. It's kind of like an alternative to those. These would be great on like a, our pre-runner build, like that black night runner that we did. Like this is a perfect type of tire for builds like that. Just because they're not super wide. They're not big balloon tires like Proline's KM3 4.75s that are just absurdly huge like these actually look real so there's a lot of builds that would look really nice with these on it it's just going to be a very specific group of people that are interested in them just like exactly just like the uh all terrains were exactly 
knows? Maybe if this takes off, they'll start putting out some cool Toyo tires. Uh, yeah. Some other stuff. I figured once they started doing it on their um, like basher tires and stuff, it was probably just kind of a matter of time before we started seeing them on crawlers. Yeah, true. Um, I'm trying to think what else, what else, what else. Um, is there really anything else that new that came out? Gosh, I I don't. Unicorn. It's been kind of slow. Unicorn came out. Unicorn. Yeah, I mean that. That's kind of kind of sort of scale RC. Close enough. Half our yeah. questions are drift questions tonight. Oh really? Um, It'll oh, be scale when I'm done with it. I'll uh, and I'll throw it out there right now. Um, just well, like I said, another thing while I'm thinking about it. Um, the uh, what was it? Uh, Andre from Scale Metal Supplies was there. Ah, so I got, so I got to hang out with him for a little bit, talk to him about some of the stuff that's going on. So, right on. Yeah, he's moving pretty soon, isn't he, to Indiana? Yeah, if he, yes, I believe so. If he hasn't already, I, I thought that, that was yeah. coming up pretty soon. Yeah, um, not sure when, but it was actually funny. Like I was, I was kind of teasing him because he's like um because because we had to go get something from his truck so he's got his truck towing is new to him he's only had it for a week camper trailer but he also had one of those in bed campers i'm like dude you have it's like it's like driving your house with your in-law unit attached to it it's like what the hell (laughs) their mobile guest house (laughs) i'm like why do you have and he goes well because that's what we were gonna camp in but then i got the sweet deal on this so i ended up doing that but i didn't have time to take it off the truck and i was like oh okay right on but yeah well should we hit some questions then yeah we can Let's do, questions. do it all right uh first one from scooter scott was how was axial fest adam and how proud are you that big pimpin took third so i kind of already answered the you know how was axial fest um it was great good times um scooter says he's coming out next year so I hope he does because I want to hit some trails with him. Um, secondly, um, when I do like, okay, any of my builds, I don't build them in my mind going, oh, I'm going to enter this and try to win whatever. I just kind of just go, hey, there's a class there. I think this rig's cool. Let's put it there. And then if they pick you, cool. Um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, am I happy? you know, and honored. Yes. That they picked my rig. Absolutely. Because, you know, there's a lot of time that went into that, not just by me, but also by Elio. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's definitely nice to be able to take home some hardware and it just adds to the collection. Um, I got like maybe one or two other, um, awards. I think my tow truck from a couple of years ago, got one, which was actually funny because it was the year it was 2019. I had no clue that I won anything because it was a little discombobulated, I guess, is if you want to use whatever term you want to use when it came to doing the judging and stuff. So they didn't actually pull the cars. They wrote down what the cars were. So when they called Elio up during the awards, they said, oh, this is for the, the tow truck. And Elio's like, I didn't enter my tow truck. 
And they're like, then who had the rusty tow truck that was in there? He goes, that was Adam. And so I ended up getting third place and I wasn't even there because that was the year I was only there. I think Wednesday, Thursday, but anyways, um, so it was funny. Like I, I got third, I got that one also that, you know, was one of those, I had no clue until after Elio brought it home and told me the story. And then the other one was for one of the SCX 24s. Um, uh, same thing. I think it took like second or third in its class, but I mean, yeah. So it was, it was awesome. Nice. Killer. All right. Uh, Spencer, uh, Sack the Ripper says, as someone who loves the look of the Proline uh, 5.4 inch boggers, how do I make a rig look right with that ridiculous size? Out of all the bogger options from other manufacturers, I feel like Proline nailed the design the best besides the size. I wish they made them in a 475. Their size makes a turning radius, or their size makes turning radius a concern in terms of body scrub before full lock. Yeah, those are the size of most 2.2 tires. Like yeah. they're huge. They're I, huge. I don't know what you do in that situation aside from spacers, which sucks. That's going to be terrible. Um, you know, because they can break. Puts a lot of stress once you leverage that much weight and mass I mean, out on the ends. Are you that hell bent on running the pro lines? Because I know the RC foil drive has the boggers. And they work really well. I just don't know. You know, I do think, I think ProLines looks a little nicer. Um, but yeah. I think the only way you could really make the ProLine ones look good is throw a set of like AR60 axles underneath something. So it looks like it's on one tons and go with like a bigger style body, like uh, like Axial C10 Chevy or that Blazer maybe, you know, like mm-hmm. doing like, AR60 with axles on something like that might look cool with those tires, but it would definitely have to be a larger body, I would think, to look right. Just my two yeah. cents. Yeah, because I say I have those on my mud truck, and that's the exact reason why I went with them was because they were huge. Yeah. Uh, he has another one. Adam, how much longer are you going to milk your one-to-one replica build? <laughs> no excuses. I want a detailed itinerary with a due date. Oh, wow. <laughs> the, the foot has been put down. <laughs> um, okay, so my big, so the biggest hurdle at the beginning was trying to figure out what axles I wanted to go with. Now, I know that that sounds like, you know, whatever, procrastinating, but like for me, it was because I have a vision and I'm just trying to figure out what is going to get me to that vision and what's going to be the easiest. So my biggest hurdle, like I said, was those axles because I wanted to go with the 10, three straight axles, but the problem was that offset looks really scale, but to get it to work in scale form, like how it would underneath the truck, I just, there'd be too much modification to those axle housings. And I just don't know if it's going to be worth it in the end. So my buddy is supposed to be making me some one-off axles, which I don't know if that's ever going to happen at this point because I gave him all the parts back in like February. Um, But uh, for the time being, I'm going to go with the, what is it? The SSD pro 44s. Nice. And I already got the offset tubes for them. So it'll have an offset front axle. It just won't be as 
severe offset like the axial. Cause like I said, I think axial nailed it on the head with that offset axle. It's just, if I had to whittle all that truss or all the truss out of there and then make a new spring perch area right next to it, I just don't know if it's going to work. You know what I would love to see SSD do with their axles since they're modular, you know, and you can replace the tubes. It would be sick if they did an XR width axle so that you have something that kind of falls between AR44s and AR60s. That would be sick if they had the components to go just a little bit wider. Yeah. Um, I think it'd just be cool if somebody would finally up to a Dana 60. So the rift bypassed all that and went with a 14 bolt. Um, the AR 60 is based off of a Dana 60. They're just like super wide. It'd just be nice to just have a 10th scale 60 axle. So for somebody building a, you know, full size rig or even a, a built Jeep or Toyota could have a full size axle underneath it, not a quote unquote Dana 44. Maybe that's what we do. There you go. Maybe we just and then make, make it make a Dana 60 style, try and get it licensed and stuff. And there you go. Then SOR will dominate the axle market. That would be kind of a home run making those. Something yeah. to think about. Oh, but back to that whole thing. So final date, no idea. I mean, I have a lot of the stuff. I really do. I have no idea. I, I have a lot of the parts. I just need to sit down and start doing it. So um, I'm just, like I said, now, you know, Sundays or whatever, when I'm not working, I need to just focus on it because I do want to get it done. I don't want this to be one of those builds that just takes forever and never gets done. So. Yeah. Fair. All right. Next one. He has one more. He says, what do you think scale RC will be like in five years? I suppose this is a question directed at innovation. Hmm. Five years. That's tough. I don't know. What was it? Five so, years ago? so five years. SXM2. It's probably the newest release of the time. It would be interesting if we like wrote down our predictions and then five years from now revisit it. See if see what happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean I so but so all I could think about if like okay, so in the next five years uh, we'll probably be on an SCX 10.4 by then is my guess, if not a five, but I'm going to just say four because a three just came out about a year, year and a half eh, back in 2020. But, um, and doesn't really like, I mean, they haven't really come out with a bunch of other stuff. So meaning like there's no other versions of that. Like, you know, we, we only have the Jeep and the Gladiator. So I thought by now we would have seen a deadbolt, a honcho, the blazer something you know yeah um but we haven't so they'll probably milk this one out for another you know couple years so there might be the next generation coming up but i mean at that point what do you do then too because they've already changed the three so much the only thing i can think of is if they went to a better transmission that doesn't have such a tall gearing in it 
Maybe um, they'll go with that new one then. Yeah. Maybe that'll be their thing. So I definitely say, you know, so we'll see definitely, hopefully another new car by then, maybe hopefully, which from the sounds of everything I've always heard, it'll probably never happen. Maybe by then we'll see um, Enduro with a licensed body. Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's a tricky one because like what they're doing right now is working so good. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. I doubt it, yeah. but I'm saying I'm trying to make some predictions here. Right, right, right. Traxxas, I don't even know because I'm not trying to sound like a hater. I just don't care for Traxxas. It's just like to me, I always hear Traxxas, I hear toy grade. I don't hear hobby grade, even though I know. Their hauler is really cool though. Like that six by six hauler, the flat oh, yeah. is pretty rad. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, RC, I, I just don't see any like major, like I think like someone's waiting for me to say, oh, by then we're going to have, you know, self-driving RC cars or something. No, I don't see any of that. I mean, I don't see it changing that much. I mean, they've already implemented Bluetooth into some of the stuff. So maybe by then we'll have a lot more Bluetooth connectivity. Yeah, I agree, um, with, I agree with that. That's really all I can think of. I mean, I don't see there really being anything crazy you know what about you trev mm, i think i think i agree with adam it'll be scx4 i think we'll be i think we'll just be in the scx4 era at that point i don't think we'll be kind of creeping up on anything i think it'll just be kind of you know relatively established at that point um or it'll have just started i think there will be I mean, as far as like what that would look like, though, um, and then like what maybe a updated element platform would look like, I really don't know. I mean, I either of them I don't see being too radically different because I'm kind of, we're kind of at that point now where I'm like, you know, if you're an OEM, like what platform wise, like what is missing? You know, like yeah. what is what is not being offered that like the aftermarket is really filling right now or is just like there's nothing that's like really obvious that everyone is going on. Oh, man, I wish that, you know, this platform could do this. So I feel like in a really short period of time, we kind of went from we had a couple of vehicles, you know, Axial, namely that could do things relatively well. And, you know, they were just, you know, they, they were the standard and they were good. Um, and then now we've had the sort of rush of, okay, inject all this competition and all of this sort of platform refinement. And, you know, each of these companies, you know, have sort of fallen into their, like, fallen into their own little subsections of the market. They're still competing, but I mean, they, they also kind of know what they, they want. So I don't know. I mean, where where else do you go? So I, in in many ways, I think it'll be more or less the same. Um, I don't think there's gonna be anything too, you know, groundbreaking in that time. But who knows? I even could be way wrong. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I think we'll see some advances in electronics with Bluetooth, like Adam was saying. Um, I think. 24th scale will probably remain pretty steady into the future just because 
it's a good size. And with the fact that model bodies fit them, that's huge. So I think 24th uh, is here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. It, It may not be as crazy, you know, like popular in the next five years, but it'll, I think it'll still be like a mainstay in the hobby. Yeah. Um, Six scale, I think will probably peter out just because of how expensive it is. Um, especially with like the way the economy and stuff is right now. Um, the peaks and valleys part. Yeah. I, I can't see six scale really growing a whole lot. I think in 10th scale, we'll see more realistic wheel and tire combinations. We'll see bodies. We'll see more people popping up with like 3d printed interiors and stuff like that. Files available for changing unlicensed stuff into licensed, but really that's like all I can see. Um, I think the niche market will maybe continue to grow like CEN um, with their F450 dually. They just released an F250 that's not a dually and it's lifted with tires. So it's not like a hauler. It's more like bro truck, you know, like lifted with little rubber band tires and like big gaudy lift under it. That's all anodized crazy and stuff. Um, I think we'll see more like, niche rigs popping up like that the traxxas car hauler you know that six by six um i i think we'll see more scale vehicles you know like we'll see more scale vehicles being released and stuff that maybe aren't even like in cen's case like use specific it's just kind of a truck and you can just do whatever with it you can lock the diffs and make it a crawler you can leave it the way it is and drive it on the street or tow trailers. So, I mean, I, I think we'll see more like specialty type vehicles like that popping up, but really that's about it that I could see based on like what we've seen growth wise in the hobby. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's definitely a hard question to answer. Yeah. Well, it always is because you never know what's around the corner. Like you never know, like, are they working on something that we don't know about? Like, you know, like the, and there's no hints to even know that that technology is coming out. Right. You know, we don't know. Yeah, that's very true. I could see horizon having a membership program to buy any of their products. <laughs> I could see that being in the near future, like they did with their limited edition release. From now on to buy Axial, you're going to have to buy our Axial Club membership. Yeah, I don't know. That's stupid. That's not going to happen. But it's more likely than you think. Not exactly. (laughs) I don't mean exactly how you described, but I mean, like, I think you will start seeing more companies take on that sort of like a, a form of subscription or membership based business model for, you know, you know specific things it kind of made me think about like the whole mayako premise yeah you know, like like their membership yeah. to buy the limited edition rigs like it just i, I kind know. of forget exactly what was up with the mayako thing but yeah I, I yeah i if done right it can be cool for both parties involved I, what RC has not figured out yet is how to do that. But when done right, it could be, you know, it could be, you know, of benefit. 
well, I tell you, if Element ever does a limited edition run of like 25 rigs, and if I have something to do with it, they're going to be rad. <laughs> they're going to be really decked out in very limited edition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even said this, just we should just do that anyways. Yeah. We should just, we should just build some, some, <laughs> just build a couple of our own that are just, you know, what, you know. Well, I'm going to do that with the six by six, and that can be kind of our test bed, but it's with that thing, it's going to be. I still feel like that's, yeah. I mean, it, that one's going to be tough though, because it's, it's going to be, be a able weird to retail for size. a while. Yeah, because with that thing, it's discontinued, and so they're already like you know a stock one is like six fifty if you yeah. can find it, you know. So I mean, this won't be a good indicator price wise, but it interest wise, building a rig from you know like completely doing a nice like custom build on it, this will be a good indicator of people's interest. I think. I feel like whoever buys it, though, I think you're much more likely to get a buyer on that that is just fan of random rc stuff rather than someone from the scale market yeah someone's just going to come across that thing and be like sick dude it it would be rad to do like 25 night runners no i completely agree i think that would be all like all pre-runners with our trailing arms on them or you know do like 25 runner builds out of a trail runner that is just ridiculous with like tents on them and full-on interiors and custom graphics for only that you know release of those like something like that would be sick yeah yeah no that would be really cool yeah we should do that um next question here from chris trudeau he said <laughs> where to start with questions so much has happened since the last show or most importantly uh, Jay had become a drifter, and now Jeremy and I can celebrate. How long <laughs> did Adam's caddy project take? Does Adam prefer the rocks or um, from some of the videos from AxiFest or more of a trailing theme? Um, and welcome back, fellas. The loyalists missed you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I guess we'll touch base into this. Um, I'll try to make my answer really quick, and then we can, because there's a couple things um, that just you know, kind of jog my memory about what we wanted to talk about when we were doing the last show. Um, the cat, the caddy, um, probably in it, like anything else, it's not finished. Like, you know, a hundred percent, like I still want to add rock lights. I gotta, I'm going to make another power lead for that stereo system. So it runs down lower with some sort of a switch so I can just turn it on and off. So I don't have to lift the body up to plug it in. Um, but overall, two three months if you actually put if it maybe if you put all the time together i mean i've had the car in my possession i picked it up from elio two months ago almost i want to say i think it was around the beginning of june when i picked it up might have been father's day weekend Yeah. So I've had it for a while, but, and then I, I've actually, that was actually kind of like a fast thing, which actually goes back to real quickly answering about your six scale prediction. So yes, it's expensive to get into it, but here's the other thing. What some people need to realize is you don't have to go out and buy the the stuff brand new. So that rig, I got used, somebody used it 
like a handful of times and said it just wasn't for them. And they had it up for sale local or semi-locally for 700 bucks. That's almost half of what it cost brand new. Which is still so much. It's a lot, but think about it. You, your average 10th scale car, after you buy the car, even if you're going brand new, you spend about almost, depending on the brand, you spend about almost $400 on a car. That's right out the box. That's out of the box. Now, by the time you get the tires you want, the wheels you want, you up pimp it out with whether it's Vanquish, T-Real, SSD, whatever. You get all your hop-up parts, all your brass fittings and weights and drive shafts and all that crap. You you add it up, you're going to be easily seven dollars $800, if not $1,000 into a 10-scale crawler. No problem. So... A car like that, where you really don't have to do anything to it once you get it, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know. The trade is there in my eyes, but it's not for everybody. But yeah. to answer that question, yeah, it was about a, like I said, about two-month-ish project. Um, what else was I going to say? Did we want to discuss... Because I know Chris is acting like like we've been gone forever, but we kind of have like a new motto. Or yeah, we haven't talked about that. Did we answer all the questions? I've got uh, three more. Okay, okay. And let's do that. Then we'll get to this. All right, uh, roll through them quick. So uh, Jeremy Kim says, now that uh, now that Jay is drifting, um, what is your expectations in the drift world? Tracks, bodies, rear wheel drive, four wheel drive, or any and all aspects of drifting. I don't know. I, I wouldn't call myself a drifter just yet. But I'm learning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, dro- I drove his two-wheel, and I definitely could wheel the four-wheel around more, like sure. easier, you know? But, yeah. So, right. I don't know. I- I'm still learning. Donnie Clark says, fun question time. What would be your once-in-a-lifetime scale truck, a.k.a. your unicorn truck? Wow. I would myself, I would like to do a newer, I mean, is this just like in inventing something like just anything? Sure. It's fun question time. Okay. So, (laughs) okay. Um, I, I think I would probably do some sort of very off-road worthy, uh, Tundra build Toyota Tundra and do some sort of camper or something on it. I think that would be pretty cool. That, that would be kind of my dream build because I think Tundras look awesome. What about you, Adam? Um, I don't know. Jay answered so quickly, I didn't have enough time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's see what's on here. Um, Nick Laruso, have you guys seen these one eighty seventh scale uh, RC cars? No, no, no I, <laughs> I haven't either. He linked some on the uh, questions page. He I'll have to check that out. Nice. All right, that's it for questions. Cool. So our plan with the future of podcast the bland yes um 
<laughs> we're just <laughs> busy. <laughs> we're just going to probably go from quantity down to quality, you know, hopefully. Um, probably do one at the most, maybe two shows a month, just because there's just not a lot going on. And we're kind of winding down to where the summer's going to, you know, end of the summer's going to be here pretty soon. Not going to be a lot of events going on. Probably not a whole lot to talk about until maybe a month or so before Christmas when some new models and stuff start popping up. But uh, yeah, we just, you know, it, it's not for you guys that we throw together shows that are just for the sake of getting something out you know and not really having a lot of quality topics to go over so um yeah the the frequency will just be dialed back a little bit yeah 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 so we're not it's not like we're going anywhere we're just taking a different approach to are recording it so it's not going to be like as scheduled but you know we want to we don't want to be putting out boring you know episodes like there's some episodes where we're literally scraping through just to come up with something semi decent like sometimes the questions save us just so it has a decent yeah you know. yeah so we just want to make sure you guys have a quality podcast to listen to so um you know and there's a couple other podcasts out there that we've kind of used like loosely as a model. So we're kind of like, well, Hey, look, you know, they only put one out, you know, once a month or once every so many months. And, you know, so we're just going to kind of go as a, when our schedules work and when we have quite a bit to talk about kind of model, probably be growing as far as social media stuff goes for the podcast. Um, I've, I've been trying to make an effort to share more cool rigs that I find, um, you know, from builders that I haven't seen before or anything or some really unique builds, um, sharing products and tips and hints and stuff. So to make up for the, you know, scaling back on the number of episodes we do each month, we're going to, have other areas of giving you guys something to interact with. So we'll, we'll make up for it, but it's just going to be in different ways versus only being the podcast. Yeah. So we'll try and be more active on Facebook and Instagram and stuff to get your fix until we're recording for the month. Yeah. So yeah. Anybody else got anything to add to that? So I know Trav's got to get jamming here in a second. Yeah, that's why I was trying to hurry up. Oh, no, you're good. We got, we got, we got a couple of minutes. I mean, yeah, I mean, just to, just, I mean, just to kind of build up on that, it, you know, one of the things that we've tried to do is, you know, really try to put the show out in good faith. And I also think that it's worth noting that we've not gone... <laughs> We, we've done a good job and a good job has been done long since before I was here of, you know, really trying to not be entertainers, you know, and, you know, we're just trying to, you know, be genuine enthusiasts and bring that kind of content to you guys. But, you know, I, and I'm sure everyone listening to this can resonate. But, yeah, I mean, it, you also get into some situations where, you know, we are three incredibly busy people. You know, we record this, you know, and we've recorded like clockwork for a long time on, you know, Wednesday nights after, you know, long work days and stuff. And, 
you know, we have, you know, full, we have full time everything out of here, you know, and we've done as much as we can to try and make this available for everybody and to put out the best that we can. But, you know, at a certain point, yeah, it's just one of those things where we have to make that sort of hard decision. And people are, so, people are kind of, I guess, as of late, used to this anyways, because we haven't recorded with much frequency um, over the last two-ish months. But, yeah, I mean, that, that that's just where this is. You know, it's it's we want to make sure we get, you know, we're bringing you guys something that is we feel is worth listening to. Um, but also something that we are genuinely enjoying as well. And, you know, we have to strike that balance. We should do some like just wrenching live feeds and stuff too. Like not even necessarily like, you know, make a big production out of it. But just if one of us is doing something, just hop on the page and do a live feed of building our shocks and talking to people. I mean, we'll find other ways to interact with everybody. It's just like, try like, Travis saying, I mean, to coordinate like three really busy people's lives, you know, and like Travis and I, we just kind of keep getting more and more heaped onto our plate as the business is growing and stuff. So it's tough, you know, and Adam's got, you know, wife and full-time job and well, more than full-time job, really. I mean, it's, it's just tough, you know, and Adam and I, like we've talked about it quite a bit where we feel guilty putting out a show that's just for the sake of putting it out. Like we don't want to do that because there's been definitely been some shows that we're just not proud of. So um, I don't know. Th- this will be better. It'll be much better all around. I think for everybody, for us and the listeners. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. Um, I'll just circle back since I see we still have like three minutes. So I would like to say now that I've thought about it a little bit more, I was like trying to come up with like, oh, we'll be a cool unicorn build. I'm kind of working on it, my 94, because there's going to be nobody else. I mean, if the body was available, I'm sure somebody else would want to do it. But, you know, that's a 3D printed body. It's kind of like the same thing. Like I'd love to replicate my Duramax. If anybody ever has a lead or can figure out, you know, a 2017 to 2019 Chevy heavy duty body, uh, somebody does a GMC, which really frustrates me because I'm like, you're that close. Could you just make a Chevy? Um, but yeah, I think that would be my unicorn build. All right. Mic drop. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> cool. Um, well, yeah, I guess we can wrap up then. All yeah. right. Alrighty. Well, yeah. Thank you everybody for, uh, for listening to another episode of us, uh, blabbing about, um, scale, trucks, scale, trucks, toys, drift cars, highly precision engineered, uh, scale vehicles, supercars, supercars. (laughs) Um, and how much Adam loves those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys as always for the support and uh, tuning in every time that we put one of these out and you know, especially the people who have, you know, done this for, you know, all, you know, 106 of them or whatever it is now. So really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, good night, guys. Bye. Good night.